1: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Report with your host, San. I'm joined joined by, not by my co-host, Blair Andrews, who has lost his voice. Uh, But we've got a guest, a phenomenal guest, uh, Jack Miller. You can follow him on Twitter at JackMiller02. Jack, uh, you know, tell us, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen you around. You've been a young guy making waves in fantasy. Do you mind actually talking to us a little bit about... um, you know what it's like being a college student and also being a successful fantasy writer at the same time yeah yeah that's a that's a good question
2: um honestly like it's not i don't think like overly overly difficult or anything because it's kind of just like what i do for for extracurriculars so like some people might be in like clubs or whatever and, and then i mostly just spend that time on fantasy stuff um but yeah like it's you know it's cool being on the younger side in the industry but from what i've seen lately there's there's a good number of young people in the industry. So it's it's cool to see that uh, as well. And just, you know, thanks for having me on while I, you know, first time talking tonight. So just thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. no. We've had you on before a few times. For those of you who don't know, Jack uh, started off writing for here at Viz and now he's a superstar over at Establish the Run. He's uh, helping them out with projections, betting, and he does writing. So essentially uh, he's kind of one of their core core members there, Jack. So if you have any advice for young people looking to get into this industry, and for those of you who are thinking about it, listen to what he has to say.
2: Yeah, I would say just start writing. Like I I think a lot of people wanna start making fantasy content. Um and they just never start. So I think the key is just to to start doing it and you can make your own blog. It's super easy with Substack or whatever these days. Or you could find a site like like Rotoviz was where I first started writing and can't say enough good things uh, about rotoviz which is why you know it's great to be back on this pod but yeah like i I just think a big thing is just breaking that entry barrier and just just start starting doing something tweeting posting good stuff on twitter because that's how a lot of stuff gets noticed is through your your twitter presence and and that's that's pretty much all i'd have to say on that
1: yeah and for those of you who are thinking please pitch Rotoviz. we're always constantly looking for newer writers Um, again, like, like Jack said, like a lot of people will never take that first step. So just take the first step and see what happens. Even if you just want to do it for fun, try it out. Like what's the, what is like, honestly, what have you got to lose? Um, and speaking of of what do you have to lose? Um, the Eagles absolutely beat up the Titans today, man. Like this was like a revenge game for revenge games, right? Like, like AJ Brown, I'm I'm, going to have to pull up their stats. I'm sorry. I don't have this off the top of my head here but, but but AJ Brown to Jalen Hurts connection uh, uh, Jalen Hurts to AJ Brown connection sorry for that was absolutely lethal today um Hurts completed 29 of the 39 attempts for 380 yards and three scores and AJ Brown absolutely balled out he got eight of his 10 targets for 119 yards and two scores um Jack in your opinion like does are we going to see like a second resurgence of this like hyper aggressive high like on fire eagles offense down the stretch
2: i think we might and i think with dallas goddard out uh it's all going to center around aj brown and Devontae smith they both went off again today and they over the past couple weeks without goddard they have posted just insanely high target shares like goddard was you know commanding upper teens, low 20s percent target share i think in the past two weeks before this one eagles tight ends combined for two total targets and then today they had uh, looks like four targets on 41 team passing attempts. So, the, the tight end position has just kind of been phased out with Goddard not on the field, and that has been really good news for both Brown and Smith. So, I think this this offense has been clicking all year. Uh, it, it doesn't really show signs of slowing down, and it's all going to be centered around AJB and, and Devontae Smith.
1: Yeah, the um, the Eagles really attacked the Titans where they're weakest, which is deep. Uh, and you can see that just by like the, the, the length of touchdowns that were caught. Just the gaudy Smith. I mean, I mean, like just the gaudy total. Like Devonta Smith got five of his eight targets for hundred and two yards and a score. And then um someone Jack Stoll got all three of his targets for 41 yards. Quez Watkins got five of his six targets for thirty-seven yards. Right. So like they they really exploited the Titans soft underbelly. That's like their cornerbacks. Um uh on the on you know, on, on the flip side, I mean again, like well, something that Blair and I have talked a little bit about was like the fact that like the Eagles went on a little bit of a power outage, um, you know, just just by virtue of uh, one touchdown regression, and then also just not being forced to, to really play all that fast. So, so, uh, and again, like, and the reason I'm asking is because I am a little nervous, right? Because they're as we get into the fantasy playoffs, they've got games against the Giants, the Bears, the Cowboys, and then the Saints, right? So, like, all, of all of those, you can only really in your mind's eye see one. As this potential shootout in the Cowboys, um, but do you re- like? So, do you think it's like, uh, like both players are gonna be able to find ceilings, or is it gonna be more like, if you got if you got him, you got to start them type of stuff?
2: I think, I think for both of them, if you if you have them, you have to start them. Goddard, I just looked it up. Goddard says he hopes to be off or he hopes to be healthy for Week Fifteen, which will be a little bit of a, a dock to their target share. But I think both of them have just been so great all year long that if you've got him, you are starting them.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I'm over here kicking myself because uh um I, I know you and I are both like to, to 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 wager on prop bets and uh and uh you know about ten minutes for a kickoff. I was like, do I play that AJ Brown over five and a half racks at like plus money? And I never pulled the trigger. Um because I like wasting money. I actually played a bunch of losers. Actually, I was finding these horrible edges that I was just like, Yep, time to throw some money away. Um <laughs> uh, on the on the other side, the Titans got blown out so badly that for 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 a brief minute, I thought I confused Julius Chestnut, Chestnut with Joey Chestnut. I was like, "This has got to be terrible." Um, okay, so, so 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 the Titans put up ten points. Derek Henry had a very he had a really bad game. Man, he had like eleven carries for thirty yards and no scores. He also caught two of his three targets for eight yards. Woods had it. I, I mean, man is dust, right? Got got one of his five targets for six yards. Um, I guess uh, I, I saw I saw Heath Ledger. Uh, no, not Heath Ledger. Uh, I saw I saw um, what's his name, Heath from from CBS. I, I apologize.
2: Uh, Cummings, Cummings, I think. Yeah,
1: you? yes, Heath Cummings on Twitter. Like, I'm so sorry for for messing your name up, Heath. Um, he posted about the. The days of Derrick Henry being like an out and out league winner are over. Do you believe that? I,
2: I think generally it's kind of the same Henry it's always been where he's just so reliant on rushing volume. He only had eleven carries the day. I think a big part of that is that you know the Titans lost by twenty five. They had to throw, and they also just had really low play volume on the whole. Tannehill only threw twenty two passes. Um I, I still think Henry has like the ceiling to be elite especially when the titans get in positive script um but he is more script dependent than a lot of other mid to high end rb ones just because he doesn't catch the ball that much and he's so reliant on on insane rushing volume
1: yeah and just just, just and just for everyone you know who's watching and listening um henry's got like a pretty plush playoff schedule uh next week is the jaguars then at the Chargers, then home versus the Texans, then they get the Cowboys, right? So the Cowboys is the one that's the fantasy playoff. I mean, that's the the, the championship game. You can't sit him um, there if you get if you get there. But um, the other three games are pretty good, right? Like like those are all fairly weak in terms of rush DVOA. They're they're simply not not good teams, right?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that Cowboys game, like you said, might be tough, but but the, leading up to the fantasy title week uh it, it's all systems go i think for Derek Henry.
1: yeah i, I wanted to get your thoughts on trail on burks right so he got his only target for 25 yards and a touchdown before departing with a horrible like what looked like a really bad concussion uh, i would i really wanted to get your thoughts more so because like i mean from a redraft perspective he's been underwhelming but where would you be on him where would you, what would his price need to be next season, where would you be taking him in basketball best ball drafts when he opens up next season? And what is your dynasty outlook on this guy? That's an interesting question because
2: it comes down to like kind of the same thing. It's been for Titans pass catches where they don't throw much, but the the receiver talent looks good. And I think for Burks, he's actually been like pretty solid when he's been on the field the past couple weeks, he's been good. He's he's commanded targets. And then today he had like an awesome catch on the same play he got knocked out on. And so I think ADP-wise, it wouldn't like really surprise me to see him go in like the fifth or sixth round because I think yeah. slowly people are catching on to the second-year receiver thing, and he's been like like very good um, recently. Obviously, he's had trouble with injuries with the turf toe, and, and now the what I assume is a, a pretty decent concussion. Um, it was
1: terrible. Did you see him?
2: Yeah, it did not look oh, good.
1: Oh, that feels so bad for the guy.
2: No, yeah, he's been balling too. It was definitely tough. But, uh, but yeah, I think he could definitely be, like, a fifth-round best ball pick next year, fifth, sixth round. In um, Dynasty, I don't know what people are selling for. Honestly, you could probably answer that one better than me since you're, I think, more in tune with the the Dynasty streets. But he's a guy I'd be looking to buy because I feel like the rookie year has been, like, kind of encouraging when he's on the field. He just hasn't been on the field a ton.
1: Yeah, people were able to move him for, like, a first, right? So you're getting even value, like, pretty much break even where he, where you're getting him. Um, I, I always hate giving that type of pickup because you never really know, right? Like, like what's the difference here between like a Burks, like unless you really like, you know, in a future first, especially the rebuilder, right? Like to me, it's like a wash at that point. So yeah, I'm definitely with you. I think I'm in on him. I think he's definitely going to go in the, at the five, six turn to open up the year. And then you're just going to get higher from there. I think a lot of it comes down to what the Titans do a quarterback, right? Like, like, I don't know if Malik's short enough to really be like the guy, but then if a then and, and I don't think the Titans are going to be picking high enough. I don't know if they can roll out, continue rolling out Tanny.
2: Yeah, that's a good point because I think if Willis has looked like bad and and I think if he is QB, then all of their house catcher ADPs are just going to be like super low. But if it's Tannehill or if it's some other you know thrower of a football. Um, or someone who has shown, I guess, more than Willis at this point, then fifth round is
1: probably where he goes. Yeah, this is going to be a totally out of left field, right? But like, I don't, I like. Do you? I guess I don't understand why there was so much optimism around Trey Lance, um, because he didn't really show, like, he hasn't shown much. And I guess we, we can actually probably just skip to that, like, right now, um, in that uh, to uh, the Niners thrashed the Dolphins today. Um, uh, thirty-three, seventeen, and the surprise here was uh, Brock Birdie, Mr. Irrelevant who completed 25 of 37 attempts for 210 yards, two scores and an interception. Right, Jimmy Garoppolo exited very early and they leaned very heavily on CMC, Debo, Ayuk and Birdie looked capable. So I wanted to get your thoughts on really what you think happens in this QB situation next year. Because the Niners have talked a little bit about, ah, oh, we're amenable to bringing back Garoppolo, provided there's a contract restructure, and Garoppolo seems amenable to that too.
2: Yeah, I feel like like they kind of like have to go back to Lance just because it would be such a bad look if they oh yeah, did all this for Lance and then gave up on him after, what he played this year, like two or three games. Um, but I do think like there was their report, like you said, that they could bring Jimmy G back. Maybe that's just because they saw this year, like that it's valuable to have a a very good backup, and maybe you know, maybe they actually are thinking about a competition. But I mean, we'll see there. I don't really. I would. I would bet on Lance. um,
1: I. I I agree. I I think I would take Lance as the starter. I think. I think restructuring Jimmy G's contract, but then working in some kind of trade clause that makes his contract more team friendly to trade. You know what I mean? His yeah. current contract is uh, no, no team wants that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's such an albatross. Yeah. And it kind of depends on
2: what Jimmy wants too. Cause like he could be like the no questions asked starter for like, I don't know, the Jets or Colts or or someone, right? Like a, a pretty decent team. Um,
1: who are just missing the one piece, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or he could, you know, like being a backup quarterback in San Francisco is a pretty good gig. So it comes down to, I guess, what he wants.
1: Yeah, he's like the most popular guy in the NFL anyway. Like, what like, like when Trey Lance came out really flat to start the year, like everyone was like, it's Jimmy time. Yeah, and yeah, like, exactly. Like, like, it was like a for for quite a while, like people were like trolling everyone on Twitter about it, right? So it was one of those things. Um, yeah, I just wanted to quickly briefly touch on the other side of the ball. Not a lot to say that I mean, the Finns look terrible. Um, I think some of this had to do with the fact that they lost Jalen Waddle. Um, Waddle uh left with a with a with an injury. I'm not so sure if he I think he might have returned for like a play or two. Um, but you know, Tyreek Hill went off, caught nine of his thirteen targets for 146 yards and a score. All right, so this is sort of a two-part question. How potent is Tua without Waddle in your opinion going forward, like rest of the season? And then two, like how high, like is like Tyreek Hill just like a slam dunk number one wide receiver rest of the year. I think on Tyreek, he would be like the target share is just going to be crazy.
2: And then he's efficient. The offense is efficient. Um, so I think especially, I think regardless of, of Waddle status, and then especially if Waddle misses, Tyreek's just going to go crazy. And then on Tua, I, I still think he'd be a pretty easy fantasy starter. Um, maybe I'm underestimating the, the Waddle loss. I guess we'll see. But I, I still think with McDaniel and Tyreek, that I, I that offense is still just going to be good because I trust McDaniel to, to scheme up pretty easy completions for Tua and get the ball in space to Tyreek and let him kind of do his thing. I, it's obviously a hit losing like a wide receiver of Jalen Waddle's caliber, but I think maybe he's not like a top six quarterback. Maybe he's a top 10 quarterback, but I still think he's a, a fantasy starter.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Hey, maybe we might see more targets to 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 Raheem Mostert, right? Like, he didn't see any targets today, but maybe they start using him more in the receiving game. Could um, be yeah. him,
2: him and Jeff.
1: Yeah, Jeff Wilson saw two targets today and caught none of them. I think I think Tua looked off all day today. Um, yeah, Joe King asked, is Waddle injury serious? I don't know. I think he played, like, a couple of series and he got a target. So I don't know how serious his injury is, Joe. Um it's like that. Like that's kind of what we we're discussing. Just sort of more like contingency, because I have no interest in River Cracraft or, or Trent Sherfield Although I will say, R- River Cracraft is like a preseason DFS like hero from like yeah, years ago. Is,
2: his name. Uh, yeah, his name is River Cracraft. I feel like that's yeah. that's a boost by itself. It's a sick name.
1: Like, yeah, you do. You you do. The, you just the projection stuff for ETR. Like how much you're gonna have to adjust his projection down? That uh, last name. I mean, we're gonna have to crank River Craycraft's way up if if Jalen Waddle misses time simply for the name factor. Yeah. Um, Homer Simpson asks, "Down Den, do I start Zeke Olave or Kamara?" Jack, I'm thinking this is like an Olave moment, right? I'd say Olave or Kamara. Um, yeah, I think I think one of I the things, Saints guys. Yeah, Zeke is pretty clear. I think third there for me. Yeah, I'm. I've. I've. I really like. I have no interest. I mean, like the Colts are. Do you guys like like at like at ETR? Do you guys have the Colts to the fairly stout run defense as well? Um.
2: Honestly, Leone does all the the team stuff and the the algo stuff. I just do like the target shares, um, mm-hmm. and carry shares. But but yeah. Although you know we do have the Cowboys running like a bunch tonight.
1: Um, yes, I mean yes. So do we. I mean like uh, you saw over on Bet the Prop, we we're fairly. Heavy on Matt Ryan. Under's. Uh, did you join us in that? Or I missed
2: that one. I was not in my computer. And these these move so fast. These move so fast now, right? so fast now man. I'm like
1: missing. like now, like it's it's such a for, for those of you who who are now getting into the sports skating game. There was a time a while ago where these numbers would just sit forever. <laughs> now gotta, now you gotta be at your computer right when it comes out, or you're not getting it. You're not getting anything. I mean I mean now now you look at one of these lines funny and it just moves. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can think about it like it's it's gone. Um I I I I degen bet uh, Matt Ryan under longest uh, comp as well. Like so if you that one I think might be sitting around so if you have any interest in degening that one um might have to you know not like they have any guys that are really
2: challenging down the field except i guess alec pierce dude. alec
1: pierce yeah we're because of the kind of season it's been we're probably gonna watch alec pierce bust off a long run and that'll be like yeah first play of the game probably too yeah just <laughs> like yeah like just like what am i doing with my life uh speaking of what i'm doing what am i doing with my life um today adam Thielen stabbed me directly in the heart when when he uh went over his longest comp prop longest comp was 20.5 the jets just left him wide open, and he he busted that one out. Um, but I'm going to use this at a time to talk a little bit about Bam Knight. Is this game for, for real? Like, back-to-back, back, 100 yards from scrimmage games for a UDFA? It,
2: it looks like he might be. Um, I think it's going to go back to Michael Carter being pretty involved once he's healthy. But I honestly kind of thought that Bam Knight wouldn't be this much of a workhorse. Like, he had 15 carries. James Robinson had four. Ty Johnson had one. Then Zonovan also had five targets so that's a really valuable workload um i mean the question will be what's it look like once michael carter's back but i think if carter misses another game and it could be he could with with an ankle sprain i think bam knight is is a fantasy starter
1: yeah i'm i'm with you man like 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 with like with bam knight like the one thing about him i think is this reminds me of uh man philip remember when philip Lindsay first came out Mm-hmm. like where he was just putting up 100 yards from scrimmage back to back back to back like this is what it feels a little bit like and he's doing it on the ground and through the air um i i'm 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 here for the hype train you know like i love seeing these udfas come out firing i love seeing them succeed so i'm like all in on bam and it's and and again it's sad because james robinson was that guy you know like like this time last year james robinson was that guy right like for the jags so it's just one of those like i just love it when these guys do well um
0: Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Corey Davis returns. He instantly somehow has leapfrogged Elijah Moore in the packing order. Um, You know, he had 10 targets, got five of those for 85 yards so this is a two-part question. One, Corey Davis, is he truly like flex worthy now? Like wide receiver three, slot him in, type of guy. And then two, like what does this mean for Elijah Moore next year? I so
2: for Corey Davis, I don't really think I'd want to stick him in the flex. He did have five eighty five on ten targets today. But the Jets also threw fifty-eight times, um, which is just ridiculous. But uh the target share all year has been kind of consistently like mid teens, and I feel like you know, I love the Mike White story, but I feel like I'm like a 15, 16% target share from Mike White is not really something I'd be looking to start every week in the flex. And then on Elijah, I really hope they they move him and he gets somewhere where he can be a big part of the offense. I don't know what they're going to do. It, it seems like they don't really want to move him for whatever reason. Um, no. But I'm still a big believer in the talents. And, you know, maybe I'm clinging to my priors too much, but he was just so good coming out of college
1: and, and so. So he, he looked like he had so much potential last year. I don't think you're clinging to your priors that, that, that hard. Right. Cause I, I was clinging to my plot priors on, on, on Chase Claypool. And uh, that's, we can just see going over to that game real quick, actually, because, because, because Chase Claypool was kind of balling out a little bit right today um, before, before getting hurt, he had six targets, got five of those for 28 yards. He actually was heating up. Um, so, you know, again, like, if i'm a believer in the talent where would you be in on elijah moore next year i'm kind of hoping um between you and me i'm hoping this trend of him like sort of being doing this disappearing act continues so we can so he opens the year in that like 15 16th round range and that's where i want to be taking him
2: yeah if he's going 15 16th round i'd be super in i have i have i don't think anyone could like confidently say where he ends up because he might not be in new york i feel like he's a guy where off-season reports are going to have a huge impact Mass- he's going to yeah. be
1: one of those key key off-season adp guys where if you get right you're going to get him get right at like this minuscule cost and if you get wrong it won't really hurt you that bad now the issue is i think i'd be way out if he starts like going up into the 12th round again because i've got no interest in that in that again
2: yeah i i have no idea i i want to be in on him so bad, so I'm scared I would just like end up chasing it. But he he does seem like a guy to me where, in especially in like the underdog best ball bubble, like people just love him so much, you know, including both of us. That like I'm scared that we're not gonna get that crazy discount just because people want to believe in the talent so much.
1: But I have no idea. No, uh, I'm 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 with you. And then and then another guy who's kind of zombieing his way, but like is not productive down the stretch is Cole Komet. All it took was like. Justin Fields coming to life. But Cole Komet uh, had another good game. Got six of his seven targets for 72 yards. Um, is this for real? Like, is Cole Komet turning the corner here? Like, what are we doing?
2: Yeah, like, they're not going to pass very much. But with no Mooney, um, yeah. I didn't actually see an update on Claypool. I don't know if he's going to play next week. Or I don't know what like. he's going to do next week. Yeah. Um, but Komet should get a ton of targets. or I shouldn't say a ton of targets because they're going to throw the ball 20 times a game. But he's, he's going to have a high target share at least. And so... Um, on volume alone, I think you could make the argument that he's he's in play.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, the only guy I really wanted to get your notes on was Christian Watson. He's someone who I was like hammering when he went into like that sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth final round type of picks. He's come good, right? Where do you expect him? Because even even today, he got three of his six targets for forty eight yards and a score. He also had one rushing touchdown for 46 yards, right? Um, where do you think he's going to be next year? Yeah, he's another guy where I feel like people are catching on to the year
2: two wide receiver thing. And so he might get steamed up like I don't even know where. Shit. Like, do you think it's crazy to expect him to go in like the like at like the four or five turn or something?
1: Yeah, I think that's true, rich, okay. um, especially especially given Aaron Rodgers, man. I think I think he's going to be an eight ninth round guy. If I think if he goes eight nine, I'll have a ton of Christian Watson. Yeah. I'm gonna have a ton of him and then I'm gonna be really pissed off because I'm gonna remember the good days where I had him in like at the sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth round.
2: Yeah. I think he's steamed up. He's yeah, no, I mean
1: ridiculous. he's gonna get really steamed, man. So the okay, so like let me let, let me rephrase the question then. Who do you think has a higher ADP in August of next year, August one of next year? Dubs or Watson? Watson I think I think Shit. like pretty handily. Shit that's a complete 180 from where we were this year, right? Yeah. So that hey that that sucks. That sucks. But if we get and like the issue is is like Dubs won't be far behind. It's not like people have forgotten that he exists and is pretty good.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just Watson has just been so much like better. Like they both have had their games where they've gotten targets but well, Watson has like four touchdowns in like five games or eight yeah. touchdowns
1: in in four games, not five or four and five. He's just got that nose for the end zone type thing, yeah. right? It's just yeah, and he and the, I mean the guy like it's such a film wearing undertake, but he really glides across the field. It's like it's like watching James Cook run a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, like like, yeah. like these guys who look on the screen they look completely different to to like other contemporary players. Yeah, he's just he's big Effortless. and fast, and he's. It's easy for him. Effortless, effortless. Um, not sure if I have any notes here on the running backs. This is kind of the age of Dylan we expected with Aaron Jones picking up that knock on his shin. Don't know what's going to happen with Jones going forward. Um, uh, yeah, I want to get your, your take on Aaron Rodgers, man. So this is a guy who, um, because I hate money, um, again, I, I totally shied away from playing any of his unders. His, like, pass attempt total was 32 and a half. I think his passing yardage was, like, 240. I even thought about taking it live and he was 270. Like, I just didn't play any of the Rodgers unders. Like, do you think that he's, one, going to be in the NFL next year? And, two, do you think it's going to be for the Green Bay Packers? I would guess yes to both, but it wouldn't
2: surprise me if if, if he's not. I do think he'd be more likely to, like, retire than to go to another team. Um, yeah, I I don't really know. I'm kind of just like making that up, um, but I no, think I think he's a little more left in him.
1: Yeah. Speaking of retired quarterbacks, uh, you want to talk a little bit Russell Wilson? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, uh, thank you. I've been working on those all all season. I so 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 this is like gotta be every time we talk about this team, they're hitting a new all time low, right? And and this week might have done it for me. Right Lamar Jackson goes out really early with a, with a bad knee injury, you know, and they lose to a Tyler Huntley-led Baltimore Ravens in the last minute. It's not great. Right. It's, it's not great. Now, I mean, and this is like like Tyler Huntley completed 27 of his 32 passes for 187 yards and one interception. He you know he had you know the 41 yards on the ground and, and, and a touchdown. This team got like nothing going, man. And somehow they still beat they somehow they still beat like 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 the Broncos. And like yes, yes, like Cortland Sutton hurt his hammy, right? And that's you know sad, but they were using Greg Dulcich as a primary pass catcher and the primary way to move the ball along with Latavius Mare. So like how, like one, do you believe Russell Wilson, if he still exists, is there is there still any chance of this guy bouncing back? Or is this it? And then two, like, where are you on this Cortland Sutton versus Jerry Judy debate? I think I think this
2: is – pro. I hope at least this is rock bottom for Russell Wilson. I don't think he's ever going to be like Seahawks Russ. But I do think this is just a down year for him. And then I also think if they get rid of Hackett in the offseason, that will be good yeah, for him because that guy is just terrible. I don't think Russ is – I think his days is like a fantasy QB one are over. But I think his days are like of like being one of the worst QBs in the league. I, I hope this is the only year we see him him that low. Um and then He kinda looked he kinda looked a little bit like
1: this last year too though.
2: Yeah, yeah, near the tail end of last year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean we'll see. And then Sun versus Judy, I think it's tough because they've both been like kind of early. Judy's been in and out of the lineup. We saw Sun get hurt today. I kinda think they're pretty dead even. Most weeks when both are healthy, we have them pretty even in target share. I think Sutton, I guess, gets the nod as more of the big play guy who's more likely to score touchdowns than that, but the Broncos score many of those. But um, I I think I lean Sutton uh, by a little bit if both are healthy, but I don't think there's much differentiating them.
1: I think I'm actually on on Team Judy, um, which is something that I've had to think about, is that, like, Judy seems to get it done on, like, a handful of targets and he's efficient with them. So he always can, like, he, like, constantly earns targets like when he's in the in the lineup versus Sutton who gets force-fed them and is I mean again like I I think the thing with the thing with Judy versus Sutton is you're never getting a true discount in either right like DFS says salaries are priced within a hundred dollars of each other props their lines are almost the same ADPs when you draft them in basketball they're almost the same Sutton probably holds a little bit more dynasty value right now, but you're still not gonna get them, get either of them away for like without without a good solid offer. Like, I just think that like they were overvalued this year. And I don't think the market's gonna correct for that next year. So I think they might be overvalued again next year. So I might actually lean to being underweight the field for both guys, unless there's like some kind of sexy, truly sexy coaching change versus this guy who can't even like run a clock.
2: Yeah, for sure. I could definitely see see that see people kind of wish casting a Broncos revival and a Russ revival mostly when it might not be there. Um, but it, I think hopefully there's a coaching change because
1: I don't know how much longer you know I I can deal with this. Ah, oh, man, I don't know how much longer anyone can deal with this. But like I think the Broncos are really going to go through with the rest of the season with the lame duck coach. coach. Um, there's been a lot of good. I mean, good stories about. Sort of how the coaching staff in Seattle treated Russ with kid gloves, and Russ has somehow come to expect that uh, treatment even in Denver, despite it being a true begin, true new beginning. Like he has, like he'd, he, like he's like assuming that his golden halo from Seattle deserves to carry over type of stuff. Um, I think there was like, did you see that video clip of him getting yelled at by the guy from the defense? Yeah, and Like, right in front of the head coach, and the head coach is like, right, I'm just going to stand here and pretend like this isn't happening.
2: Yeah, it definitely does not seem like his teammates are too keen on him, which obviously bodes pretty terribly for someone, you yeah. know, that they just traded so much for and and, and all that.
1: Yeah, uh, out of curiosity, with Latavius Murray, um, where are you at? Like, this receiving usage came out of nowhere, despite Mike Boone being active. he still got... Oh my God. He still got four targets and he caught all four of them for a whopping 14 yards. Like, yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to see,
2: I, I'm curious about like, kind of, I haven't had a chance to look into it yet, but like the, the snaps like breakdown, like was Latavius playing in passing situations or did he just kind of get lucky enough for early down catches? Um, I, I'm I feel like they used Boone in passing situations earlier this year. I don't know if he was used that way this week um but I feel like they're probably going to get back to that it was Boone's first game back so maybe he wasn't all the way ready to get all the way back to that role um but I feel like Latavius can still be viable getting a huge percentage of the carries and then getting two three targets a week I feel like that's a pretty viable fantasy workload if the Broncos can keep games semi-competitive
1: yeah I was on the under two and a half receptions for Latavius so like the fact that he went over that but like, had I just played a different stat, I would have been fine. Like, it's a little, a little frustrating. Um, uh, oh, I forgot. We get there's another there's another injury that we should talk about in the Seattle game, which is Ken Walker. Ken Walker seemed to get hurt early. He was seen like sort of with his foot propped up, just kind of off to the side, um, and like his teammates were coming over and you know wishing him well. Um, like, is is DJ Dallas now like your highest waiver priority ad this week? I think it depends
2: on the news because Tony Jones, I think, got banged up, too. Dallas yeah. actually got banged up, too, and he was, like, doubtful or something, and then they just, like, put him back in the game because all of their running backs were hurt. So I think the next, like, 24 hours will put a lot of a lot more clarity uh, into what to expect there. And then Travis Homer could, I don't know his exact injury timeline, but he could throw a big wrench in the Dallas Outlook, too, uh, yeah. if he comes back in, in coming weeks.
1: Yeah, as but like just out of curiosity, from that perspective, like either wheels up for like the passing game specifically. Noah Fant. I mean, like Fant might actually be on waivers just because he's been so inconsistent. But like today, he did well. Caught four of his five targets for forty-two yards and a score. Like, is Fant like a desperation tight end play? Which I mean, like, um, and frankly, aren't they all desperation tight end plays? Yeah, I mean, everyone outside the top like five is a desperation
2: play, but. Uh, Five. I, I got like two, man. Yeah, like like, uh, two, everyone but Kelsey. Everyone but Kelsey. Yeah. No, but I think I'd still think of Fant more as like a tight end two type, even yeah. um, if Walker is hurt. I think like, you know, Lockett and Metcalf are obviously every week starters, but Fant just has not ran like a high enough percentage of routes. I think that like depend on every week. They still have Disley involved. They still have Kobe Parkinson um, so I would not want to rely on Fant like every week, but like you said, like it's, it's such a, a dart throw after like literally Kelsey. So, you know, it doesn't really matter at the end of the
1: day. <laughs> yeah. Eat Arby's. I mean, that's just yeah, like right. when it comes down to tight ends, man, like just pray, just right. pray, just, just pray. Like maybe, pray maybe, much, had, yeah, maybe it's bad firemouth week. Maybe it's someone just, yeah, just pray. pray, pray someone is, is getting into the end zone for you that week. Um, speaking of, speaking of tight ends who did, who popped off, um, Gerald Everett popped off today. I think he got five, five targets, uh, for, hang on. Let me just be 100% sure here. He got six. Uh, no, he got five is uh, five of his six targets for 80 yards and no scores. Um, Keenan Allen came out firing late. Um, he got six of his 14 targets for 88 yards and a score. Um, so I just wanted to get your, your take here on On Gerald Everett, like for as long as Mike Williams is out, I've been trying to plug him in wherever I've got him like is that is that like your 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 recommendation?
2: Yeah, I think it makes sense. They're a super pass heavy offense, Big Mike is out everett was was limited last week with the groin, and I think that's why his routes were so low, but I think now that he's had a big game, i I don't think his route numbers are even out yet, but i'm I'm guessing he returned to more normal levels now that he's further removed from from the groin injury. um so I do think everett is is pretty viable right now. Yeah, uh,
1: on the biggest Raiders side of the ball, all I've got is Devontae Adams is a stone-cold stud. He iced, he daggered uh, the, the the Chargers. Uh, eight, got eight of his 12 targets, 177 yards, two scores. Um, Josh Jacobs also did well. 26 carries, 144 yards, one touchdown. Um, uh, one, how much Adams do you have in best ball? And two, why is Josh Jacobs ruining my life? I think I'm around even
2: on Adams. I think I'm probably like slightly above the 8.3 or whatever, just because I like usually draft wide receivers more than most people. And then Jacobs is also ruining my life. I think I have like two shares over all my underdog teams. Yeah.
1: Like every um, time I see how much I have of I him in underdog, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm I like,
2: probably should have bought the dip more than, more than I did. You same. But yeah, both those guys are just awesome. I mean, the Raiders are five and seven, not a great year. But like still, Jacobs and Adams like every week just dominant.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I will say this in in a game where I really needed him, Josh Jacobs only put up twenty two fantasy points. He couldn't really. put up like fifty two. Come on, big guy. disappointment. Big disappointment. Big, big disappointment. Um, speaking of big disappointments, actually, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson. Man, talk about like the the worst way to come back from. You know, one of the, like, just one of the most egregiously bad layoffs that we've seen, right? And he comes back to play, people, like, expecting, I mean, like, the NFL was expecting him to come up and carve up the Texans like a turkey. That's why they, like, push suspension out for this. The only thing he got revenge against were, like, any fantasy manager who was, like, sliding him into the lineup.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it was... A lot of people enjoyed seeing Watson kind of falter this week, even though the Browns did win. He played pretty awful, like you said. Um, there was a report this morning that they kind of want to like ease him in and and lo- rely on the ground game, which they can do when they have Chubb and Cream Hunt until he kind of gets his feet wet again. Um, but I do think it will take some time for Watson to kick the rest off. Like he hasn't played in, you know, so long—seven hundred days, I think, was the the number or thereabout. So I do think maybe Watson takes a couple of weeks to, to get back to where he was pre suspension, and maybe it takes all the way till till next year for him to really get back to that top
1: flight fantasy quarterback we saw a couple of years ago. Edward Zhang asks: Start Zeke or Kamara full PPR? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Kamara there. I'm I'm team Kamara there too. Uh, all, all, as an aside, like how are you getting? How are you in a situation where you're starting Zeke or Kamara? That's amazing, man. Good job. Yeah, that's a good good problem to have. That's a really good problem. Like I'm like, uh, do I start Camaro or am I gonna start no joke, James Robinson? Like I yeah. think those are my options. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know. Week week thirteen, you know, some of the some teams are struggling.
1: Week thirteen, do I play Jake uh Justin Jackson or or Keyshawn Vaughn like yeah yeah right like you know Benjamin's active today like you e- know e- 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 Benjamin's active can I get half <laughs> a point um on the on, on the other hand a guy who didn't have a, a really bad return to form after a long layoff uh not as long as Watson was uh Jamar Chase um so Cincinnati actually uh beat the, the Chiefs today 20, 27 24. Chase was a pretty big feature here. He got seven of his eight targets for ninety-seven yards. That's that's absolutely insane. Um, he said he got. Uh, so Edward says he got Ramondre with CD Waddle and Godwin. That's ridiculous. That's a good team. That, that's a really good team here. Um, that's 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 just you know that's that's that's, yeah. that's that's good. That's that's just good drafting right there. Um, but yeah, I, I, Jack, I wanted to get your thoughts here. on Chase, he didn't look limited at all. In fact, he somehow looked. Um, more fluid. Like somehow he just looked like he hadn't taken all this time off. Do you think that like, we're gonna see 100% healthy Chase on the stretch here? I think for the most part, yeah.
2: I think there was that quote he had, or that report I should say that came up about about how he thought, or the Bengals thought maybe that he was gonna play last week, and then they just decided, or he decided that he wasn't a hundred percent there, and he wanted to wait until he was. Complete full throttle to come back, and so I think that's that's what they did. They waited till this week when the hip was a complete thing in the past, not even in his mind anymore. Um, so I think Chase is, is all the way back to being the same, study's always been pretty much,
1: yeah. And then, um, T Higgins's workload, he took a kind of a big hit today. Uh, he only had he had five targets, he got three for 35 in a score. That score, by the way, was amazing. Um, but 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 Tyler Boyd was more efficient, like. Is this relegate – like, with Chase being back, does it relegate Higgins to, like – because I know you guys – I know you do the target shares. How do you, like, apportion their target shares? Like, is it, like, Chase is the alpha, and then, like, are you docking, like, four percentage points from that and then saying that that's Higgins? Or like, are you, like, yeah, Higgins is going to be battling it out with, like, Boyd? Like, how do you determine that?
2: Yeah, so when the Bengals are healthy, they're actually, like, I think, like, one of the easiest teams they do every week because it's, like, the same three guys running a route on pretty much every play with uh with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, and then there's, like, a lot of data on, on which to lean on with, like, last season and now this season when, when Chase was healthy. So usually we have Chase in, like, the 26% range target share-wise, Higgins in, like, the 23% range, and then Boyd in, like, the 15-ish percent range. Um, so that's pretty much how it works out. I mean, Chase obviously went off this week, but there's kind of a lot of stuff saying, like, Higgins is still a stud when Chase is healthy. So I, I don't really want to overreact to... One game, I I wouldn't like panic on Higgins or anything just because he only had five targets this week.
1: Yeah, but he had one hell of a score. Z Money, uh, twenty five asks, I need Pollard and Lobby to combine for twenty one points to get the dub. I think you do, man. I think you do. I think I'd say
2: you're probably the favorite there.
1: I'd say you're the favorite. Yeah. Um. All right. I'm gonna last question here, and 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 we can head on out to to watch Sunday night football. Um. Isaiah Pacheco, uh, I don't know if any of you guys know, but friend of the show, Pat Corain, has been kidnapped by NBC. And uh, they made him sing, I believe, about Isaiah Pacheco and not Ronald Jones. And he was singing about how Pacheco should score two touchdowns. Pacheco had, like, a fantastic day today. He 14 carries, 66 yards, and a score. Uh, He also caught both of his targets for 16 yards. Like, you can't bench Pacheco, can you, now going forward at all? Yeah, he's just getting so many carries, and, and, like, he's,
2: you know, he's not super involved as a receiver, but he's, he did have a couple catches today. Um, and he's getting goal line work, too. But, yeah, I mean, Corrine had a great song about him. I'm sure, sure that's what Corrine envisioned when he he signed on with NBC, that he was going to sing songs about Isaiah Pacheco as Matthew Berry watched on. But, uh, but, yeah, I think Pacheco is, like, firmly in the starting conversation. I don't know if I'd say he's, like, a must start every week because he's not a huge like receiving guy so you're kind of depending on yeah. him getting there on his 10 to 15 carries every week but I do think um I do think he's he's like definitely a viable option at this point.
1: Yeah, and it's just it's just tough though because like for a team like the Chiefs you think they generate a ton of red zone and a lot of opportunity for their for the for their backs but like they haven't been as good for running backs as you think they should be. It's yeah. not like, you know, like on the other hand, you had like Samaj Piran on the other side of the ball, who had 21 carries, 106 yards, no scores. Then he had seven targets, got six of those for 49 yards. Like, what is like 150 yards from scrimmage for like the Bengals back? And like, we're over here like yelping about, you know, Pacheco's 70 yards from scrimmage because he scored a touchdown, right? Like, it's like, like you said, it's not like a highly valuable role. It's a pretty solid RB2, but like, you don't have to jam him.
2: Yeah, it's interesting like Chiefs and Bills like probably the two best offenses in the league and and neither of them really have this like super valuable running back role.
1: Yeah, and they've tried to they've aggressively tried to fix that, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like they're not going like I mean like the the, the Chiefs took uh, Clyde edwards alaire and then like the Bills moved up to draft James Cook. James Cook might actually be the guy. Like I don't know how you can sit him, but like I don't feel good starting him.
2: Yeah, it feels like something that could be volatile to me because Singletary just has like such a, a sizable track record of like the Bills just like continuously like trying other guys and ending up going back to Singletary. But yeah. I do think like the next couple weeks will be pretty telling in terms of like has James Cook actually ascended or like are they just going to do what they did with Zach Moss where, you know, they, they give him the ball a good amount one week and then next week it, it's Singletary time
1: again. Yeah. All right. So we 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 have a new tradition here on the show where we talk a little bit about the games that are upcoming. Jack, what are you most excited about from this Colts Cowboys game and tomorrow night Saints Bucks game? I am excited to see
2: if CD Lamb can drop thirty points or whatever I need to win my league. I'm down down a bunch Let's right go. now, so a huge a huge CD game would be great for me. I would need that uh, too. Yeah, and then tomorrow, I think I'm excited to see Olave again. He's been one of my favorite guys to watch yeah. this year. Um, he really has. He really has, man. Yeah, he's been fun to watch, and I'm excited to see how the Saints can can put off putting Jameis in the game and then just watch Andy Dalton do nothing for for four more quarters.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm interested. Like, really, tomorrow I'm going to be interested mm-hmm. to see if Marshall Marshawn Lattimore plays at all because I think I have a weird feeling that it's going to turn into a track meet where like Godwin and Evans could explode with Galave like being the like the bring back right. So a like, pretty classic move there. Uh, I'm also interested to see if 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 we see Lenny again or if it's gonna be more of the Rashad White show.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. I think Bucks Bucks backfield is gonna be really interesting to watch tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um also uh thank you once again uh to Jack Miller. Follow him on Twitter at Jack 2 Uh Jack, do you have anything else to plug? Uh because you can you can find us stuff on Rotovids. you can find stuff on Establish the Run. Anywhere else that people can find you, or anything else you want to plug?
2: I think you pretty much hit it all. I think Jack Miller, wrote, 2 on Twitter, and then ETR and, and past stuff on on RotoViz. So I think that's pretty much it. Thanks for thanks again for having me on. This was this was a good time. Uh, thank you.
1: Good luck, everybody. We're done.